All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Great choice of song today in honor of uh, Tina Turner, who uh, passed away today at the age of... uh, 83, and she had uh, quite the career. She could sing. Whew. So, really good life. A tough life as well at times. I'm sure many have seen the, uh, the documentaries. Um, pretty abusive husband. And uh, Ike Turner at times. So, very volatile. So, hope she's doing okay. But, man, she had a... Uh, she had a wonderful, wonderful career. I saw online they were showing the uh, video of uh, her and Brian Adams at the uh, Junos in the '85. And Brian Adams probably doesn't give as much credit as he should. Like at his peak, Brian Adams was huge. He was huge. Sometimes uh, Canadians we we almost downplay the success of some of them. I know you look at recent like Justin Bieber. Drake, The Weeknd, like those guys are massive, massive stars. Nickelback, same thing. They were huge for a long time. So that's kind of a weird thing sometimes for uh, for Canadians. We'll pump up our uh, our hockey players for sure, but, geez, I almost want to downplay some. Wow, I don't like their music. Well, it's not about you. It's about uh, what what the vast majority of people, and they're, they're pretty successful as musicians for sure. So Tina Turner, 83, passing away today. Uh, on the show, it's like a pre-pause of Friday today. We'll get to that in about uh, 15 minutes' time to discuss that. Uh, Tom Gazzola will be by, uh, Mike Rupp, uh, Shane Willis, former NHLer, uh, analyst now for the uh, Hurricanes. They are on uh, – they're walking the plank right now. They have to win four in a row to keep their playoff hopes alive. And they have to do so against Sergei Bobrovsky, who right now is playing out of his mind. 
So, also uh, Ryan Oshaga will talk some uh, basketball with the Edmonton Stingers GM as their season begins this weekend, Saturday in Calgary, Sunday at home. No, look, uh, we look forward to that. Should be fun. Uh, if you've yet to go to a Stingers game, well, you can't go Sunday. It's sold out. But uh, they do have their next game a week today on Wednesday. I'll get your tickets. they got great deals. You know, lots of $5 uh, items, including beers. If you want to go have a beer, you know, you want 10, but yeah, have one or two. All right, stay within reason. Have some fun. Last night, the uh, NHL playoffs, whew, basically the game was over three minutes in. Jake Ottinger couldn't make a stop. Uh, the Dallas Stars captain uh, showed a real lack of discipline early in the game, and Jamie Benn took a five-minute cross-checking penalty and uh, then didn't make himself available to the media. And then uh, today, now here, here's the thing. Was I expecting Jamie Benn to come out today before he had his meeting with player safety and say what he did was wrong? No chance. He's he's He wants to lessen the suspension as much as he can. Right? Look at Alex Petrangelo. Alex Petrangelo never showed any remorse, even after he had his one-game suspension. Well, Drysaddle kind of sold it a bit. I think, hey, it's in the playoffs. They're competitive. They're not going to give you the the perfect right answer. Jamie Benn, what he did was stupid. He could say whatever he wants. It's not going to change it. It was undisciplined. It was unnecessary. It was worthy of a game misconduct, and it's probably worthy of a one-game suspension. Now, I know some people said, well, Gregor, it happened early in the game, and so he said, when I look at the actions and say, wow, that's a one-gamer, if what? If you do something before the 30-minute mark of a game, then that counts as one game already? I don't know. Is that ever written in the rule book anywhere? I haven't seen it. If you're dumb enough to do something stupid in the first two minutes of a game and get a, get kicked out of that game, I don't think that means, well, you've already had a one-game suspension, essentially. Not really. I wouldn't, if I, if it was me, that wouldn't matter. Like, you hurt your team more 100%. Right? Alex Petrangelo, when he slashed Leon Dreisaitl, the game was over. He really didn't do any damage to his team. So smarter in that sense, but just a dumb of an action. He's still, he's lucky that it didn't cost his team in game five. Right? He's lucky. But I don't know if I'm going to want to get into, well, if you, if you do something at the 30-minute mark or the 40-minute mark, well, that will vary. No. I look at Ben. Actually, if I had to pick between the two, I still think the Petrangelo one was worse. Because Petrangelo skates across the ice from the right defense all the way across the left side. Drysaddle's already past the puck. And then he comes over the top and slashes him. He had all that time to think about it. Ben and Stone, they're engaged. They fall down. Ben gets up. Yeah, he leans down on him. No question. Got the cross check right in his neck. I still think, for me, I don't like the tomahawk over the top of your shoulder. Look like you're cutting wood slash. I don't like it. So that, to me, is one that would be worse. But it's equally dumb. It's equally unnecessary. And when when you're Jamie Benn, to do it three minutes in the game, I would argue it's probably even stupider. It's not more vicious, but it's dumber to do it at that stage of the game for your team. And I'm not saying they would have come back and won because, A, they didn't score any goals, and, uh, B, they gave up a, a ton of goals early. Now, if he doesn't do that play, maybe they don't score on the power play. 
So there's that. But that was an awful start for Dallas. Awful. Right? The reaction from the crowd, the, the team has to leave late in the second period. The You know what? Just what? It's not it's not great overall look by Stars fans. And now, like, let's be honest. Yes, it's happened before, but it's very, very rare. It looks like it's a Panthers-Golden Knights final. And selfishly, I want the Panthers to win tonight. I want the Golden Knights to win tomorrow. Let's just move on to the cup final. And hopefully don't have an extended break in between. So we'll, uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, the, the NBA, hey, you're telling me there's a chance. Of course, it's never happened. But the Celtics uh, give themselves a, a glimmer of hope. They win game four. Uh, now they play uh, tomorrow for game five at home. Could they win that? Maybe. Could they win four in a row? I wouldn't think so. Like, I wouldn't bet on it. I don't think they're going to win. So we'll see. But, hey, guys, do you think the orders will get back at Petrangelo the first time they meet next year from Westlock? Um, not necessarily. Look at look at what Mickey Anderson did to Drysaddle with his uh, slew foot takedown in the playoffs in 2022. Now, they didn't do anything in the next game because it's the playoffs. They didn't do anything in the first few meetings of the season. Right, then McDavid did run him pretty hard. Probably got away with something there when he ran him into the boards. And that was it. Do I think they will look to get their pound of flesh at some point? I do. Now, some will say they shouldn't. I probably disagree with that. That's your second best player. I would, I, I, you know, it's a fine line. Because that's one where I don't know if you want other people to take that type of liberty. Yeah, he got a suspension. And luckily, Drysaddle wasn't injured. But you never know. Like when somebody hits the other guy from behind, do you know for sure he's not getting injured? You don't know. So I, I don't think it, it's guaranteed in the first game. It's going to be about time and place, but I would think that yes, they will. Uh, they will take some runs at him at some point in the regular season next year. And you know what? It adds to the rivalry. It adds to the rivalry, no question. And rivalries are great in the regular season when all of a sudden it's game fifty-six on a Tuesday night in January and it's minus thirty, and you're like, oh my goodness. And but maybe you're a little bit more amped up for the game. So I don't. Uh, I don't have an issue with it. I think it's great. Hey, guys, if the Petrangelo had been given more games, I don't think the order seek retribution. Nah, I don't know if I agree with that at all. I've seen guys get two or three games, other team looks for retribution. I don't I don't think that, that they're going to worry about that too much. I don't think that would ultimately change it. Right? It's It adds to the, uh, to the rivalry, and rivalries are good in sports. There's no question about it. I did, I have to say, I really like Marcia So's comment after the game. because Now, wisely... Right, he he realizes, hey, what Petrangelo did was not a hockey play. This isn't a hockey play. He's basically telling the Department of Player Safety, "You suspended our guy for a game. You better suspend this guy for a game." Right? He didn't discount what Petrangelo did. He brought it up smartly, and then moved quickly to say they need to uh, to go after him. So, it uh, you know, veteran move, I would say, a veteran move for sure. 
other uh, news and notes. Hey, guys, how can it be a one-game suspension if Vegas didn't do anything wrong? It's like having an instigator to even it out. Well, Vegas did something wrong. Petrolangelo slashed him. Now, I would love to know what would have happened had Darnell Nurse not been given the instigator penalty and an automatic one-game suspension. I'd still like to believe that they would have suspended him. I think they would have either way, but it sure was easier to do it when they uh, when they uphold Darnell Nurse, who is the first player since that rule's been in place who did not have his instigator rule rescinded. So, there you go. Hey, Gregor, does the uh, McDavid hit even count as retribution? I don't know. Knocked him pretty hard. Knocked him out of the game. Knocked him out for a week. Do uh, do I think... See, I I think people, it all depends on what your definition of retribution is. Right? What's your definition of retribution? Does it have to be a fight? Sometimes it's an eye for an eye. If they thought it was a cheap shot, McDavid kind of delivers his own cheap shot. Make no mistake. I think McDavid saw who it was and uh, went in with a little extra gusto. And you know what? If you want to cheap shot players, eventually others will cheap shot you back. That's just a fact. That's to me. That's real life. That's going to happen in the. Re- if you screw people over in the real world, if you talk smack about everybody, either a they stop talking to you, or eventually people do the same thing. What you put out there, usually you get back. Not right away. Not. It might take a while. But look at people in, in your life who are positive people, and they put out a lot of positive vibes. It finds that a lot of positive things happen to those type of people. People that are Eeyores, who are always negative and worrying about the negativity, I find that negativity falls them. So I uh, I think that's just karma a bit. Firm believer in that. You, uh, If you have that out there, it's uh, eventually somebody's going to get you. Right? Matt Cook had a lot of predatory hits. He's on the receiving end of a few. Whether it was a hit, fight, whatever, he took his lumps. It happens. And I don't have a problem with it. Uh, today, also on the show, um, there is one player. I've seen it not by a lot of people. It's funny. But there, there's one defense when people are talking about the orders and the right defense. And there's one name that keeps coming up. And we're going to get into it a little bit. But... I'm not sure Damon Severson is the player order some people think he's going to be for Edmonton. He was in New Jersey's third pair in the playoffs whenever when Graves was in the lineup and healthy. Are you paying a guy that much? Like if he if he's not a top pair guy, are you sure you want him there? That's that's my question for those in regards to to Severson. I saw Frank Cervalli, you know, and, and, and other people have come out. A lot of people. Pre- it's hard to predict for sure. Nobody was going to break the Branson, right? I think that's fair to say. But Severson could get more money than in other years because there's not a huge list of quality defensemen available. So that's going to help him. 
right? But, like, Severson played 24% of his minutes last year against elites. He played 41% against grit guys, courtesy of Puck IQ. Are you sure that's the guy you want to go after him for agency? I don't see it. I, I don't see it making much sense for Edmonton. So, you can let me know your thoughts on that one, but that's a help me understand. I don't, I'm kind of perplexed why people are pushing for Damon Severson. I don't think he's the answer to the order's woes. I just don't. Quick break. Uh, when we return, um, today is a kid sport week. And uh, so we have a, our next guest was a benefactor of kids sport when she was younger. And we're going to talk about that and uh, how you can uh, how you can help out. It's coming up next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 222 on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Happy uh, hump day to you. Hope you are uh, having a wonderful day. The weather's nice out. Um, it's also uh, Kid Sport Week today, or this week, I should say. And uh, today, this will be the uh, the third year we're doing... Uh, this we've done it for for the past few years on the show, and uh, it's worked out incredibly well. We've been able to uh, to get a lot of kids playing sports. I know uh, many of you have uh, wonderfully fond memories of playing sport, uh, whatever it is. So you know, there's multiple different sports that uh, that kids sport. Uh, you know, for the registration gets them involved and gets kids in the game, basically, so all kids can play program. And uh, on this show, to make it easy, they just call it uh, uh, Gregor's Giving Gang. And if you want to be a part of it, it's uh, $25 a month. You commit to $25. It comes off your visa. You don't even realize it, hopefully. And when you see it, it puts a smile on your face, and you realize uh, why uh, you're doing it. So we'll uh, we'll discuss that now as we get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by Silent Rides Charter Company, one of Alberta's premier bus charter companies with state-of-the-art motor coaches that safely take your team or group to their next destination. Go to silentrides.ca for more information. And uh, Sadie Reed uh, joins us now from uh, Kid Sport. She's the new uh, operations uh, manager. Sadie, how you doing? I'm good, Jason. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm excellent. So, uh, how long have you been the operations manager at Kidsport? Oh my goodness! I think we're just shy of about five weeks now, so it's still a, a fairly new gig. Now, I, I heard a. I heard a story that you didn't even realize that as a kid, you were a benefactor of Kidsport. <laughs> no, I had no idea. I. Uh, I. You know, you always have a hunch as a kid, uh, but but you never quite know and. Uh, uh, once I finished uh, university, I started working in, in nonprofit sport because I could relate. But no, I, I had no idea. <laughs> so when did your mom tell you? Well, so I, I told her that I was applying for, for work. And, um, you know, I had been with Free Play for Kids for a while prior to that. And I really loved the nonprofit sector. And, and she was really like, you know, I think that... I think that we reached out to them, you know, when we when we were going through uh, some times, and and um, I think we confirmed with my dad that that was the situation, and so uh, you know, I, I told Dana, and we were like, oh, and so you know, I think what's interesting is that I truly I truly didn't know, you know, um, and I think the more time you spend like in the field, and truly it hasn't been very long for myself, but um, you know, the more that you 
understand that kids just they just want to play sports they have no idea what goes on behind the scenes they just want to be out there with their friends and their teammates so you look back on it uh, what did sports do for you yeah i mean i would say that i i didn't quite realize the impact that sports had on me until i stopped playing sports um, and, you know, it was the moment in, in university that I could walk into a room full of strangers, um, you know, who were also all sports people, but we didn't know each other. And there was something, there was something underneath, uh, that we were all able to connect to, which is just the ability to, to walk into a room of strangers and, and get to know other people and have to kind of navigate your way through the world and, and figure out how to connect with others. Um, so I would say the number one thing that sport brought me was, you know, that, that connection piece and the people piece, um, and probably also some of the best memories of my life. <laughs> so, and you wouldn't have had that without kids sport. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. I think that, um, you know, it, there's the saying that it takes a village. Um, and like I said, looking back, often these things come to you, you know, once you, you start to navigate your way through the adult world um, and they hit you really quickly and, and you realize um, you realize what your what your parents have done and how great they are and, and how hard they truly work to keep you involved for reasons that were bigger than bigger than going on the ice, right? It was opportunities to, to grow my career, opportunities to meet new people, to new experiences. Um, and to, yeah, I mean, when I look back on sport, all I really see is everything that it brought me with a ton of positive character building and, and awesome friends and great memories. So, yeah, without kids sport, I think that, um, I think it would have been a lot more difficult to, to try to navigate myself through the world and where I am right now. So now that you you so you're a recipient of kids sport and the generosity of others to, to get you into sports and it helped you a lot obviously as an athlete and, and in other aspects and so now you're on the other side you're helping the kids can you give our listeners kind of what do you see when you know when you see kids that, that get an opportunity to play that otherwise wouldn't because of kids sport yeah totally I uh, you know I do some coaching now as well um, and. And one thing that, you know, I, I didn't have a true understanding of was that you, when you walk into a room of kids, you have no idea who is being funded by kids sport and, and who is not being funded. And, um, you know, you don't know when you walk into a team what families are, are truly going through. And so I think, um, you know, when you're, when you're with kids, it's, it's just about having fun and it's empowerment and it's, it's memories and, and helping them to build their leadership skills. Uh, because, you know, regardless of, of where you come from, life is always going to be challenging. But that access to sport is what has equipped me and, and hopefully, you know, some of the kids that I work with as well uh, to overcome adversity as it, as it strikes you. Sadie Reed joins us. Uh, it is Kids Sport Week, and uh, today on our show, if you want to help out and, and sponsor a kid, uh, Sadie Reed, who now works at Kids Sport, was a recipient of your generosity a few years ago when, when she was younger. You can text in at ten twelve sixty, and I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with uh, Dana. Just send me your name. It's a twenty five dollar donation. 
And if you just put your name and say you're one in to support, we're looking to support 60 kids today. So that's, uh, you know, $25 a month, or you can do a one-time donation of 300 It's your choice, whichever one you prefer. And uh, you can let us know. You can text us at 101260 or uh, email us, jgregor at tsn1260.ca, and I will get you in touch with uh, Dana and Sadie and everybody at at Sport. It's a fantastic charity. They have really low administration fees, which I think is hugely important. And it just gets kids into sports. And when you think about some of the greatest memories of your life as a kid, you're playing with your buddies in the neighborhood, but then also, you know, playing sports. And, and, and not so much, like, winning's always nice, but I think it's just more so being part of a group. Yeah, totally. And it's, uh, like, that feeling of freedom, you know? Like, when you're when you're really invested, you're in the middle of a game and, and you're... Um, you know, it's a tied game or the stakes are high and you feel, you just feel free in that moment. Um, you know, oftentimes we don't get to experience that, uh, you know, more than, than once in our lifetime. And, and as we get older, we realize, you know, the pressures of the world are, they're, you know, much more than we feel uh, when we're young and, and we were all five once. So, you know, I think um, bringing ourselves back to the space where there's no politics, you know, there's no fear. We don't know anything about money. We, we were all limitless at one point in our life and, um, and allowing that space and, and helping kids uh, to, to find that freedom is um, it's so important to us. And uh, you know, it's, it's what uh, our donors are able to, to bring to kids within Edmonton. So it's, uh, it's super important. And see, when you when you have these kids, do you, like how do you how do you find the kids that need help from Kidsport? Yeah, so usually uh, it's a lot of community outreach. Um, we we do our best to reach out to uh, you know to schools, and we have third party fundraisers, and so a lot of it is uh, is word of mouth and, and social media. Uh, and kids will often, you know, families will come to us. Uh, families will come to us. Associations will come to us if they have been working with families for a while. Uh, I think the most important thing, you know, to note is that it is completely anonymous. Um, and it's why we're here. You know, we're here to support families. We're here to support, um, their kids and, and <laughs> nobody's going to know about, uh, application for funding, you know, until their children grow up and talk about it on the radio. So, um, you know, at this point, uh, families can go to uh, our website. Uh, they can click the apply here button and uh, take a look at um, eligibility qualifications and, and can always reach out to us if they have any questions. Well, Sadie, uh, look forward to it. Uh, we've already had a few people uh, text in who, who want to help us out. So uh, Jeff and Fabian, uh, Kelly uh, already, uh, as well as uh, as a few others. Uh, we'll get all their names and we'll keep it going. We want to get uh, to 60 kids today, so uh, hopefully we're off to a, a good start. And if you had one message to the people that are out there, um, what, what's the difference their $25 donation is going to make today for a kid? It's, you know, I think it's the difference. Uh, it can be the difference of, of a lifetime friendship, uh, you know, a career changing opportunity, um, getting into school. I mean, sometimes that $25 uh, is enough to open the gates for, for someone. And, you know, if we can open that door and they can step foot on the pitch or the ice of the field and, and then create their own experiences around it, um, you know, that, that $25 can be life changing for a kid. Awesome stuff, Sadie. We appreciate it, and uh, glad to know that uh, Kid Sport made a huge impact in your life and a huge difference. Awesome. Thanks, Jason.
So there you go. If you uh, you want to help out today, you can. Uh, you can text into a ten twelve sixty with your name. It's twenty five bucks a month for the year. It just comes right off. You, you know, Kidsport will help you out. And we're looking to get to uh, sixty today. So uh, Connor's now in, um, and uh, we'll keep it rolling. So uh, text in with your name and uh, your phone number, or if you want to include your email, that's great. If not, uh, name phone number is great because I know uh, that everybody at Kidsport likes to talk to you, so they can give you a really good explanation uh, of everything. And then uh, we, I like to, what I like to do with the Gregor's Giving Gang is I like to give you updates during the year of uh, of what your money's doing, and so you can kind of see and hear from from the kids because I think that makes a bigger difference and uh, we're much more likely to help people out just when you know what just when you get a reminder of, of why you're doing it and, and who you're helping and, and you kind of you know you don't put an actual face but you get an understanding you hear from from some of the kids and what your donation means so um, I know for many of you out there you know you're lucky enough to have your kids playing sports uh, yourself you played sports I think we could do a whole show and I don't think it would matter what we talked about as far as sports, somebody's going to have unbelievable memories of just being able to compete. And you learn about yourself. Sports teaches you how to be a good teammate. You have to get along with some people on your team that maybe you're not great friends with. Right? You learn how to, you know, hey, you can't just be a ball hog or a puck hog. For, you got you to gotta work. You, you got to try. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Right? How many times do you have a coach maybe who challenged you and made you a better person because of it. And for some kids, you know, it's an outlet where that's a safe haven a little bit. And it's a time where they just they get to be a kid and just be out there and, and having fun. And, when you know, I've had the pleasure of, of going to a, a lot of the kids' sports events over the years, and, and you get to talk to, to kids who have gone through it and what a difference it's made in their life, like, a, like life-changing for a lot of these kids in the fact that they suddenly felt part of something. You know, they they didn't, because kids know, as Sadie said, she goes, like, I didn't 100%, but you kind of know that, you know, you don't have the same opportunities as others, right? You look around and, you know, maybe you can't afford the new shoes or whatever, and kids aren't oblivious to that. So if you want to help out, uh, you can text us at uh, 10 1260. You can dial us up at uh, triple, actually, no, text us at 10 1260 or email us. Jay Gregor at tsn1260.ca uh, with your name. Uh, obviously, I'll have your number on the text line, and then we will uh, we'll pass that along, and uh, Dana and everybody at Kidsport will be uh, helping us out today. So uh, we've got to get up to 60. That's uh, that's what we've done the last few years. It's, it's a real big fundraiser for them. It's important. We help out a lot of kids, and uh, now more than ever, they need kids playing. So if you're driving home today and you see some kids in the schoolyard, you see some kids playing soccer, and you know maybe you did it last year, you want to help out again, uh, your donation likely helped the kid on that team. It's just how it goes. So it's a it's a wonderful way to uh, to help others. It's fantastic. It truly is. Quick break. Uh, we'll return on Empton Sports Theater TSN twelve sixty. You're listening to Jason Greger Show. Two forty Empton Sports Theater TSN twelve sixty. Tyler and Connor, another Connor that is, are, are now in. So I think we're up to uh, eleven. Which is good, but uh, so let's rock and roll today. We got to get to sixty, so I uh, got a little bit of work to do for uh, for kids sport to help out today, so you can get kids back in the game and uh, helping them out on the court, the field, wherever. It's a huge opportunity. It's very minimal for you, twenty five bucks a month for for most of you. You won't even you won't even miss it. Thankfully, if you're in, in a lucky enough situation, but uh, you will make a massive difference in, in the lives of some kids. 
which is uh, which is hugely important. So you can do uh, $25 a month, or you can do a, a one-time donation of 300 It's your choice. Uh, text in with your, your name and that you want to donate, and then I will pass it on, and uh, Dana and the group will be uh, calling you today from Kidsport, which is uh, an awesome charity and uh, and really helps out, you know, just – you see the uh, the smiles on the face of kids. You heard from uh, from Sadie how much of a difference it, it makes. Uh, really, just can be life altering for some of these kids. I've 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 seen some of them go on and you know being at the U of A and you know graduated from university and they talked about what kids sport did for their life and man, it's pretty impactful stuff. So if you want to help out and you're feeling good, let us know at ten twelve sixty. or email us jgregor tsn twelve sixty dot ca in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Now let's talk a uh, little uh, hockey and sports as we get to the Chronicles, brought to you by Action Electrical, family-run business for 50 years. They have residential and commercial solar division now. And remember, if it's residential, you can get up to $40,000 interest-free loan from the Government of Canada, as well as $5,600 in free money and a grant if you're looking to uh, get it on your house. So check it out, actionelectrical.net, Tom Gazzola. Joins us, and uh, Tommy, Jamie, Ben, is it too easy to say one-game suspension? Seems like it's a one-game suspension. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the DPS, Department of Player Safety, uh, we know their track record these playoffs, so stupid play by Ben, didn't need to do that. Uh, I understand, you know, the heat of the moment and all that, but I think a game is fair, and unfortunately for the Dallas Stars, likely their last of the season. So, Greg's, I mean, um, they needed that game last night. That penalty from their captain uh, was a huge detriment, the five-minute major. Obviously, Vegas took advantage, uh, and the dominoes just fell from there. So, yeah, probably a game, and that will likely be the last game of the season for the Dallas Stars. And, uh, listen, I know Ben plays on the edge. I respect him. He was a Art Ross winner. He's been a, a tremendous player in the National Hockey League for a long time. But you can't do that. Like, don't take a stupid penalty like that. Cost your team at the worst time at home. First game back, you're down two zip. He gets a game. So, yeah, I think that's uh, safe to say. That was pretty dumb play. It's You know, it's dumb play at any point. To that juncture the game, it's even if it's even more ridiculous. And so... I, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, Dallas, they're done. Like, let's be honest yeah. here. Um, you know, Jake Ottinger, oh my goodness. Like, it's amazing, you know, just getting steady goaltending because it's like, especially the third goal. Like, that's not, oh my goodness, he had no chance. I don't think he had a chance on the first one. Uh, second one, eh, you know, would have been a really good save. But the third goal, you need your goalie to save that all day long. And, and, you know, listen, this is a young goalie, and he's he's had some rough starts in the postseason this this year, as have a lot of goalies in the playoffs across the NHL. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is – we talked about learning lessons uh, from Stuart Skinner, and he was very open about that. Jake Ottinger is, you know, creeping up into that elite category of goaltender in the National Hockey League, and, and even he's having these types of setbacks. Third goal, great example last night. Uh, it deflates the team. They got to get Wedgwood in there, and by then the game was essentially over. So, um, you know, I, it, it sheds light on how fickle goaltending is once again. Something we discuss ad nauseum, and rightly so. And then at the other end of the rink, you've got Aiden Hill who pitches the shutout, and uh, it was another one of those performances where the pucks he did see, he was able to stop and 
He's got a, a group of five working as a unit, as they have all playoffs long, as they have for the majority of the season in front of whatever goalie the Golden Knights are rolling out there, uh, playing a solid game, working in unison, and that leads to a shutout for Aiden Hill, who's on the cusp of a Stanley Cup final appearance. Well, you know, and Aiden Hill was pretty good last night. Um, yeah. You know, now Dallas, they had a lot of shot attempt, but I'll say this. The, the one sequence, Jason Robertson... Is amazing. He kept shooting far side on the power play every, and he missed the net every time, and like not even close. And I was just like, "Oh my goodness, try something different, dude!" Like it, Dallas just looks really frustrated and was forcing shots. Like they had a lot of shots on goal last night, and it was like yep. two to one at one point. But it wasn't like they were generating a ton of quality chances with those shots. No, and. I mean, that's where the frustration of, of the Golden Knights game is, is starting to get to the Dallas Stars. We saw it in the second round against the Oilers. They defend in layers. Uh, Robertson, I mean, it's one thing, you know, he, the him shooting for the same spot, Greggs, whether that's a scouting report or not, or him being stubborn, that's a 40-goal score. This guy had a tremendous season, and he's been in a rut this postseason. You know, streaky, uh, and, and unfortunately, the, the long stretches have been without goals, and, and he hasn't been the same Jason Roberts in the playoffs. You want to talk about learning a lesson for a young guy? There's a, another example of it, and coming at the worst, most inopportune time. Uh, you can't blame the Dallas Stars uh, of the same thing that the Oilers were, were guilty of, and that's you know passing up great shooting lanes. Uh, Dallas has taken their shots, and, and the opportunities they're getting. You know, Hill steps up yesterday, and then at other times we're seeing pucks eaten up by those defensemen, three of the top six shot blockers in the league, and all of a sudden you've got these uh, Golden Knights uh, in a groove again, and we are watching a Dallas Stars team that, uh, you know, some people, and I think rightly so, predicted would go to the Stanley Cup final, but they've run into a well-oiled machine. They have. Um, like right now, I, I hate to say it, like I'm at the point, Panthers win tonight, please. Vegas win tomorrow <laughs> night, please. And let's just move on to the Stanley Cup final because anything else is just delaying the inevitable. Yes. <laughs> uh, it kind of feels like yesterday was a, a real uh, that was statement in, in that regard. I think a lot of people feel the same way and uh, it's you know we're starting to creep into off season news too, Gregs. I think that's a sign people are kind of over this conference final. Um, that we're talking about salary cap maybe going up more than the one million. I know CJ Chris Johnston put that out there today. The league and the PA are talking about it. We're talking about awards, which is something that comes naturally at this time uh, of the hockey schedule. And then you know we're watching two duds ultimately of series uh, listen don't take anything away from what the Florida Panthers are doing against a very good Carolina Hurricanes team and you can't knock what the Golden Knights are doing against the uh, Dallas Stars but that that sentiment it feels like it, it's not you know just little pockets here and there of people feeling that way I think it's legit because um, you know all the hype going into this round it, it just it's been all about nothing. So I think a good sign of that is the fact we're talking about off-season stuff. We're seeing GMs fired, hired, coaches fired, hired, and uh, there's more attention and focus going to that stuff and that news rather than the actual games that are being played. Yeah, it's uh, now speaking of all the other news of what's going on around the NHL. Um, you know, there there is lots happening. Um, you know. Craig Conroy's in Calgary. He was pretty open about what his plan is of attack. They've got seven guys who are a year away from free agency and doesn't want to walk many of them to free agency like they did with Johnny Goudreau. Now, 
to be fair, none of them are like their their franchise guys. I guess Lindholm would probably be the closest to that. They are some really good players, though. I, I will say mm-hmm. that. So I, I could see why he's going to want to sign. Yeah, you know, I would think quite a few of them to to contract extensions as as long as it makes sense for their team. But like they're they're locked into a lot of guys. They can't re-sign everybody in Calgary. Uh, you know. Fair, and it doesn't sound like that's the plan from Craig Conroy's point of view, and, and rightly so. A youth movement is, is part of what he wants to do. Uh, I was not surprised, but it was very notable, his discussion of culture and making the rink a destination to go to and, and you know not being a monotonous job. And don't get me wrong, the National Hockey League, you're playing in the NHL. You're one of 750 or so guys. It's, it's a privilege to play in the National Hockey League, but... Um, I think that that speaks to the general feel and culture around the Flames the last couple of years. How much of that has to do with Daryl Sutter and you know Brad, Brad Trey Living being around there for a long time? Really good guys away from the rink. You know Trey Living, outstanding guy. Uh, Sutter, by all accounts, when you get him away from the hockey stuff, is uh, a sweetheart of a human being, and, and that's like all the Sutter brothers. They are genuinely great people. But uh, there, there was something that wasn't working, whether it was GM to coach, coach to players, vice versa. Uh, the culture there wasn't working. And, and Conroy, being the type of guy he is, you see him around the rink. Whenever the Flames were in town, uh, you know, him and Brad Trey Living working hand in hand, always in a good mood, always willing to chat. And there is a, an energy that comes with him. And I think uh, he'll get a lot of people on board with the right attitude and demeanor. And if that can permeate to the players, uh, that could go a long way. And and if they can bring back uh, their core players, I know he talked, like you said, Greg's about Lindholm being one of the priorities coming back. That's important because on paper, the Calgary Flames do have a good team. They didn't execute. They were excellent two years ago. Best team in the Western Conference. Uh, didn't have the playoff run that they wanted. Ended by the Oilers. And a lot of people here, rightly so, cheering that on because that was a great series to watch from an Oilers standpoint. But that I think that shift in culture and mindset and making Calgary a destination to go to, uh, I think that's the right one for the Calgary Flames. And, and yeah, they're going to have to bring back some of those players. Kadri's uh, going to have to have a good year. I know he was banged up a bit this last year. Had some moments with Daryl Sutter where they weren't seeing eye to eye. Wasn't playing a ton. Huberto's got to be way better than he was this past season. No questions asked there. And uh, they need they need to play in harmony if they want to get back into the mix in the Pacific Division. But it's interesting. It's a bit of a soap opera uh, from an Edmonton standpoint, having covered the Oilers when they were a, a huge soap opera and seeing the Flames tick along, you know, at a, at a decent clip in those years. Now the the worm has turned a little bit, and it's it's kind of entertaining to watch. But at the same time, Greg's, I'd like to see a healthy uh, battle of Alberta between two really good teams in the Pacific Division, and let's see if Craig Conroy can be the guy to get that going. Likeable guy, Greg's. Really likeable guy. Tommy, I don't know if you saw it, um, the uh, uh, you know, Michael King. The pitch comm wasn't working. And for those people who don't know, pitch comm is a way for the catchers and pitchers to communicate without doing signs because evidently they were worried about teams stealing signs, which I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, what's wrong with stealing signs if you do it legally? But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of part of the gamesmanship, I would say. If It's, it's like if you know what the other team is doing, right? If, if you're a defense and you tip off uh, what – play you're going to run and the offensive guy audibles at the line of scrimmage nothing wrong with it but anyway um it wasn't working so he tried to throw it in the dugout he got too much on it and uh, put it into the uh, stand i saw the reaction of the fan like oh this is great but i'm like yeah but what are you going to do with it like 
Wouldn't you rather have, like, I don't know what you'd do with the pitch comp. It, it was a fan that was sitting above the dugout, and she was, like, laughing about it. I guess she tried to hit the buttons to, to put in calls. But like you said, uh, King chucked it away. He was trying to throw it to the dugout. It wasn't working. So uh, the calls that she was trying to, to hit on the buttons weren't working either. And and listen, I like the, the technological aspect of baseball. I like how we've seen these changes to the game. We've got the pitch count now. Uh, Greg's this is this is good and it's making games quicker they're more exciting people are more engaged this is a funny moment but it also is a, an example of the technology the technology glitching a little bit and so he, that's why he got mad Michael King throws it the pitch com into towards the dugout it goes flying into the stands the lady gave it back to the the Yankees dugout which you know it was it was just a piece of broken plastic at that point but is it uh, a sign that, A, MLB's got to get this thing figured out, unless it was just batteries that weren't working or, or were dead or something like that, but uh, maybe too much technology getting into to the game of baseball. Is that fair to say? Maybe. Uh, there is talk about uh, computer uh, umpires or automated umpires instead of having guys sitting there no, behind the plate. No, but, Gosh, and that's, no, I hope not. And that's like an example of a, you know, this opens up the can of worms into that conversation, right? 100%. I, 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 don't, I don't expect perfection from the officials because I don't expect perfection from the players. It's that simple. And and this can permeate into discussions about hockey. We talk about the offside and the uh, the cameras with the offside. We're talking about millimeters with the skate, this and that. Uh, football, how many reviews have we seen where we're trying to determine what is a, a, a good catch and a bad catch? Uh, so this is – it's a funny example, but it's one – uh, that kind of also brings to light again, you know, technology creeping into sport and how much is too much and and how much of it needs to be based on you know uh, human error and and where's that balance? But Michael King launches the pitch com, tries to throw it to the dugout because it's not working. He's frustrated. Fan catches it. She tries to make calls on it, but it was busted. How much technology is too much technology? And I don't know. Fittingly, it's baseball where it's probably the sport that's been. The, the slowest to embrace technology. Tommy, uh, Damon Severson, to me, I, I've seen some, hey, that's the guy the order should get after. I completely disagree. I, I don't see him being uh, being an upgrade for the orders on the right defense side. But we've had a lot of text since we talked about that. Where do you come out on Matt Dumba? Do you think he's a, um, a guy you'd consider? Uh, he'd be, I, listen, that is a quality National Hockey League defenseman in Matt Dumba, a big hitter, and uh, would add some edge, some sandpaper, handles the puck a little bit better than Cody Cece because that's a name that's popped up in potential trades if you need to move money out. Uh, I would probably go Dumba over Severson. Severson's name popped up. Uh, someone brought it up to me a couple of weeks ago, Greg's, and I was like, that's interesting. Bit of a smoother player than, than Cody Cece. Is he the right guy? I'm not sure. He's, he's a big body guy, smooth, good first pass. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of experience in the National Hockey League, coming off a decent season in New Jersey where he put up 33 points. I would take Dumba over Severson, but that's just me. It depends on how Ken Holland and the staff want to shape their defense and what they want it to look like. And if they think Severson's a target and a guy that would fit the mold that they're trying to get to next season, then, yeah, maybe they go after him. 
But uh, to your question, I would say I would take Matt Dumba over Damon Severson, a reinvigorated Dumba in a fresh location, uh, kind of familiar territory for him to a certain extent. And uh, I like the elements that he brings to the table over Severson. Tommy, great stuff, my man. We will uh, chat with you. Add to me. Add to me, Griggs. It's Tom Grizzle and the Chronicles brought to you by Action Electrical. Let's get to a Sports Center update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your AC unit. Have a cool summer with LegacyHeating.ca. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 